You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. Fear. You know, it's not something we talk that much about, especially in a positive way. But today's guest has made a conscious effort to do just that. Michelle Eberhard says that fear is excitement without breathing. And she's been on a personal crusade to prove that anything can be accomplished or overcome. You just need to remember to breathe. Welcome to episode 68. It's our first interview of 2022, and it will not disappoint. Michelle started out as a drag racer. Yep, you heard me right. I think she says she hit like 235 miles an hour. But then she went on to obtain her pilot's license and became a COO of a tech company of over 300 employees by the age of 22. Now she's working with a special team to bring a simple, business startup plan to the public in the form of a gamified app. I know it just blows my mind. So here we go. Strap in and remember to breathe. Let's meet Michelle Eberhard. Hey there, Michelle. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, There are so many, so many questions I want to ask. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think that we're going to start with some really basic stuff. And for those who don't know you, kind of give us a little bit of a background on kind of how you got to where you are and what you're doing now that we would maybe consider unconventional leadership. <laughs> um, very um, interesting. So when I was 16, I started drag racing, super comp dragsters. And then um, when I started to move to um, um, more of my twenties, 19, I started to get into more of a corporate role. And by age, I want to say age 22, I was, uh, a COO of a uh, major tech company and I had over 300 employees at that time. And I was the youngest woman, um, executive leader in that tech space at that time. And it was an interesting, interesting ride because every single person on the board was uh, male and twice mm. my age, at mm. minimum twice my age. And so it, it was a very interesting journey during that time. I moved to VP of sales of a, um, a nutraceutical company. And then at, there was just this point in me that and I'm sure we'll talk about it later. This, this whole fear battle I went through where I was like, enough, what am I doing for me? And how am I going to excel myself? Because I felt stuck. I was like, even though I had all these accolades of like, okay, you know, early twenties, um, you know, don't, didn't finish my degree, but I'm, you know, uh, an executive level for, um, fortune 500 companies. How did I do that? But it just, the gears weren't quite there. It was just kind of stuck and stagnant and I didn't feel alive. Um, and then I went on an entrepreneurial journey and now I am a, um, the CEO of Ultimate Business Quest and it is a tech company, which I'm sure we'll get into, but it's been such a fun ride and it's brought fun back into business for me as just an individual, which that's why we got into business, right? Yes. Fun, 
fun freedom. Yes. <laughs> we well, kind of missed the boat there. <laughs> and, and like I said, I have so many questions. I think I missed the drag racing part. So we, yeah. ha- I'm sorry, we have to start there. I mean, I am a, I am a, like a, an indie car, I'm an indie car fan. Right. So um, oh, awesome. driving fast is good. And I, I do have a, a BMW that a secondhand or thirdhand BMW that I got, but even that it like hugs the road. So oh, how did yeah. you get into drag racing? Um, so I grew up in California and, um, randomly our school decided to go there was a career day mm-hmm. and they took us to the Pomona drag racing strip and when I got there I was seeing all the top fuel and I was just I was enamored I'm like you know I, the smell was awesome which is so odd yeah. I'm like, this smell is horrible it like makes your eyes water I mean I'm like this is the greatest thing I have ever experienced and I didn't have when I was 16, I didn't have um, anything really that was passionate or nothing that really was driving me. I mean, yeah, I did, you know, I was doing sports, I was varsity and, you know, cross country. Um, you know, I was soccer player, I was volleyball player, I was tennis player. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, I always had to be doing something. But mm-hmm. when I was on that track, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is, this is it how do I get into this? What do I do? Mm. So I actually got a few of the racers um, phone numbers and I came back and I weaseled my way into being um, on the pit crew for David Baca, um, top fuel drag racer. And I started working for his clothing line as well. So I was in the pit, you know, I was in the pit with the car, you know, figuring out Okay, what is the fuel made out of? What, you know, how do they change the tires? Why do they change the tires? I'm like, how do I get into this? And one of the guys was like, well, you know, honey, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a man's sport. Why don't you get your feet wet? And I was like, don't know if there's bleeping on this, but I was like, mm, you, you know, yeah. I, I was like, I will show you. Screw yeah. this. So I stayed on the pit crew and I've got into all, you know, all the boxes. I don't even know how I did it. I just ended up in all of the VIP. I just did it. I was like, that's my goal. I'm doing it. And so I started to um, drag race. I did the super contractors, which are the smaller version of the top fuel. The top fuel goes about 365 miles per hour. The um, super comp goes 235 at the max. So my max was 235 and I loved it. And I walked in, I was like, I didn't need to get my feet wet. I jumped all the way up in it and I love it. (laughs) Awesome. I mean, I still haven't done a top fuel. I, I, I need to get into a top fuel. Like uh, that is still my mission. I'm doing it. (laughs) They're going to be, this is going to sound funny, but there would be so many women out there that are like, why are we having a car conversation? But this is why we're having the car conversation because women are told that this is not something you do. I mean, I come from like theological educational circles and it was actually, I mean, my husband and I, that's where we met was in grad school. And so I was having a conversation one day and this with a theological conversation in which a class I made like A pluses in. And I had this older, this older pastor guy look at me and go, you wouldn't understand, little lady. Wow. <laughs> I have to leave now. And, you know, I mean, it just, those are the kinds of things that I want women to hear that it's okay to say, you know what? 
I want to do this. It sounds like you are a little bit of an adrenaline junkie, at least oh, at 16. 100%. Yep. And, you, <laughs> and you found what fueled you, pun yeah. intended, and it worked, right? And mm-hmm. so when we get there, I really want to pop back to this story and, and kind of tie together how you were afraid of so many things when this is where you started. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your tech company, your ultimate business quest company. It's a gamified way for businesses to start. um, And all entrepreneurs, when they're on that journey, you can have so many just um, insecurities, fears, um, you know, feeling alone. How do you actually navigate? How, what is the blueprint? We've never been given a blueprint to start our businesses. And that was the number one thing that I saw is that like, okay, there's great. There's all these mentors out there to really coach you on your business, but that person's only scalable for a certain amount of people. And it just physically, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started out, I, um, I was a business consultant when I was, uh, had just started my businesses and the fundamental problem I noticed is there wasn't like the step-by-step guide. How do you do, you know, business plan? What, you know, what are financials? How do you do financials? Um, What are the resources? How are, you know, how do you find all these tools? I mean, you can get lost on the internet for hours. I've been there. All of that research. (laughs) You're like, oh my gosh. And it's like, who do you trust? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, um, who has the knowledge? And so what we did is it was like, what, what are the fundamentals? What are the fundamentals of business of really understanding your customers, but in a fun way and understanding how to team build, which if you're going to get consulting and, 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 or, you know, get a mentor, that's going to take a long period of time of, okay, how do I actually implement this now? And so we gamified every single step along the way to build your business, grow your business as an entrepreneur and really understanding that journey of, Oh crap. When I do this, this fear is going to pop up. How do, how do I Mm. actually work through that fear? And it's fear of success, fear of failure, um, pit of excuses, uh, so it's all these really fun things. Sound alchemy mountain, the calming tempest, uh, pirates cove, all of these adventures you go through to really build and expand your kingdom, your realm, um, and, but in a really fun gamified way, because when we were small, when we were really small, it, we had all of these beautiful ideas, these dreams, these excitements. And, and it was, oh, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be the, the best veterinarian in the world. And I'm going to help every animal possible. And it's like, when did we stop dreaming like that? When did that, when did that get smoldered? And why don't you bring it back into business? Because that's the whole purpose that we're in business is to have that fire ignited. And right. so our whole purpose is to ignite that fire within, ignite that fire within the business and really take it to the next level. I love that. So who do you, I mean, it's just so obviously anybody who has been a gamer totally gets that. Um, if they yeah. played anything before, totally understands that. And um, I do like the idea that you've come up with your own unique way. Cause yes, there are so many out there that you can look for hours and hours and hours and that's good oh, and yeah. bad, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's good for those who want to come up with their own viewpoint on how to do it, right? You've come up with a mm-hmm. gamified way of how to give people a step-by-step. Yeah. 
There are other people who have done like the lawyer's way, or this is the MBA (laughs) way, or, you know, for me, it's like the sailboat with, and it's all about community-based. So it's very, it's the same end result, but I then share Uh with, with my people, I share like this person's a business coach and this person does weight loss and this person. So I have like a community that I share with my community because I'm more community-based, but, um, so who are your main, main, who do you mainly serve? It, all entrepreneurs, either um, in the startup phase or in the growth phase. And it really goes hand in hand with every type of um, current system out there because okay. it's a completely different approach. It's who, um, who do you know, like who are your customers? Are they a wizard, a bard, a jester? Um, or a warrior and how do you talk to them? Because you can really tell who, if you just use those four archetypes, which are so fun, instead of like, oh, you're a red personality and you're, you know, you're RGBTL5 and you're like, what are you saying to me? And you have those defense mechanisms that pop up when you're like, well, you're a red personality. It's like, well, screw you. You know, those, those personality profiling tests have really um, created a guard for a lot of us in the workplace of, well, you can't really work with a red personality. You know, we're going to need to move you here. Why don't you make it fun and say, you know, oh, you're a warrior. I know exactly where to put you, or I know exactly how to talk to you, or you're a wizard. Your your wizardry is what we crave in business. That's phenomenal. How about go to this department or, you know, the bards of the world. Yeah. You know, some of them are drama queens, but they're the beautiful spokespeople. Those are who get your message out, right? Those who love to talk. Yes. Beautiful bards cannot have a business without a bard because who's going to tell your true story. Yeah. Who's going to bring that to life. And the wizards, the wizards, how do you know what your analytical data is? How do you know your, you know, your accounting if you don't have a wizard? So it's a really fun way instead of getting so combative in the workplace, it's like, yeah. you're a brilliant wizard. I'm going to give you your wand, you know, and, and make yeah. fun with it. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a dread getting up to, you know, work every single day. It's like, oh, I've got to do this again. Uh, so yeah. Do you feel like this speaks more to a younger crowd or do you find, okay, because I'm like 55 and I'm just learning. I have a th- almost 13 year old son. So I'm just learning Minecraft. Gaming was not part of my background at all. So do you find that this actually speaks to a younger crowd or do you find it's kind of all over? It's just anybody all over. So this it, it's the easiest game possible. It's literally just a map that you click on little nice. You know, that's it. And you nice. watch videos or you listen to audios and based off of the quiz questions, you get tokens and whatnot. And that's how simple nice. it is. We've had uh, our, our like um, span is 11 years old to 75. Excellent. No problem. Zero that's problem. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. We were really shocked actually. We we're like, okay, you know, our, gen- our, our demographics is like 45 to 55. Oh mm-hmm. no. Nope. It was like such a widespread and all over the country too. We, um, we beta tested it in Philippines, um, Sweden, um, Canada, Malaysia, and I know there's another Scotland. So it just, it doesn't matter. And, and that speaks to kind of a universal language of when you find that kind of universal language of 
Like for me, it's community, right? So that's a universal yeah. language. Women are looking for community and women, especially who have been told you're too much or you wouldn't understand or, yeah. <laughs> um, <Don't understand> that. <laughs> and to have other women who've been told that and be able to come together and do that, that's a universal language, but gaming is a universal language. And, yeah. um, I think more people understand it than, you know, for those of us who are not necessarily in the gaming world, we're like, I get it. Um, but I know what a wizard is. I've watched Harry Potter. Um, yep, exactly. so, right. So, uh, I think it's really beautiful and I think it's really unique and that you've been able to do that and come up with it. And I too understand what it's like to think, you know, who your avatar is. Right. And then have it, your mind blown when it's, I mean, I thought mine was going to fully be like, people my age, like women my age that are pivoting out into a second career. Turns out most of my demographic is much younger. And which is why I shared earlier, it's like, if I can figure out how to tell a 30 year old woman how to do this without waiting till she's 50, that's oh great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know? So much time. So yeah. much time. Yep. So I want to go back to your statement that you made about when we were kids, we had all this creativity and we could do all of yeah. these things because I love looking back for, um, for leaders, especially female leaders to your earliest leadership memory. Like what is the first thing when you look all the way back to little girl or, you know, teenager or whatever, when you, what is the first leadership memory that you really can identify in yourself? <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. That's um, like, more, I don't know if I want to even admit it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but I mean, the whole animal thing was so mine because I, I was like, I want to help every animal on this planet and like nurse them back to life. And so I'd scoop up every type of animal possible. I didn't even care what it was. I just picked it up and just had a natural gift of healing. And so, um, I loved my dog and I would do birthday parties for my dog and create like cakes and stuff. I don't know how I got, you know, all of the popular kids in class to come to that dog's birthday party like clockwork every year. I don't know how mm -hmm. I did it, but I did it. And they followed me around like it was tomorrow. I'm like, wow, did I really do that? So how old were you when you had your first one? Um, I think I was in fifth grade. Fifth, fourth, fifth grade. Yeah. And then it just kept on every year until, until we uh, left uh, Colorado at that time. So what did that teach you about yourself as a leader? You know, it was very natural and it was, um, it was something in like in your gut where it's just that passion of, mm. I want to share this moment and you know, you want to come along for the ride. You know, you're going to have such a great time. And based off of like my enthusiasm, my passion, my drive, it was, I didn't have to say a word. I didn't, you know, I didn't force, I didn't coax. It was just like, this is going to be an epic adventure and you've got to come. It's fantastic. And they're like, okay. <laughs> so, so would you call yourself? So out of the wizard bard, whatever, those are the two I remember you said. So what were you? In that um, like at if, that time or this time at that time was it were you the bard at that time oh that's a great um it would i would say more bard yes more bard like <laughs> because i was telling this beautiful story yeah. to get them captivated and um but yes spot on total bard at that time are you still a bard mm -mm, i'm all so the archetypes ascend and descend 
Okay. So you can um, move into, uh, and there's 16 total archetypes. Okay. So based off of um, each map that we have inside our um, uh, gamified app, you start going along the different maps to really understand how to get to more of the king and queen of your castle. How okay. do you really balance yourself out as the queen of your own realm? What does that look like? Because I can move into every single type of archetype on demand, on command. It doesn't matter. I don't go into it, but that's where you're talking about your emotional state. Many people okay. talk about, you know, you get so trapped in the emotion, you become something else. Instead of that, it's learning how to wield it and mm -hmm. to really understand when you're going to use it, how you're going to use it and why you're going to use it. Okay. So when you look back at the little bard that, <laughs> that was able to just by the sheer joy and passion and love invite all the popular kids, which we all know that's really hard. Cause I was, I was a cheerleader and all that stuff, but I was not necessarily the popular kid. Um, and so being able to do that, you expressed it yourself. You said, I don't know how this happened, but they all came like clockwork every year. Um, do you, do you see that happening now? Um, did you lose that somewhere along the way uh, in, in your business no. world? Or do you think that's what, that's how you got into the, the racing and that's how you got in as the COO at, at 22? You see all mm -hmm. that kind of- Absolutely. In there? Oh yeah, yeah. See the pattern continue and it's gotten um, stronger, which is absolutely phenomenal. And even my husband's like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, well- <laughs> You know, some of it is we just it, do, honey. <laughs> right. You just, it, it's like this magnetic um, and, and not a, uh, I want to follow. It's more of like, wow, how does that person do it? I really want to go along for the fun, the adventure, the ride, like really understand it so that I can now level up. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the feeling I get. Um, and a lot of the feedback that I've gotten, I just want to be around just because I want to get to the next level. I'm like, okay, great. I'm like, mm -hmm. it's just going to be fun. So if you're sticking the mud, get out. But other than that, you know, <laughs> come on. That's it for you. Um, yeah, so I know, right? do, do you feel like um, you understood yourself to be a leader at that time? Or was it when you like, when, when was that moment that you thought, okay, you know what? Because at 22, if you're stepping into a COO role, that means you've at least decided or figured out, or you believed enough that you're a leader to at least take that kind of a role. When was that realization moment? I, it really was like uh, in my early 20s. And it was when I had, I had built this company for um, an investor. It was sold. And I, I was one of the assets that came with it. Mm. Um, and when it was sold, it was sold to a major corporation at the time. And um, they said, hey, we want you to still run this business but we want you to move over here as a COO. I'm like, okay, that's new. So I started to really understand that, you know, it wasn't about how much time in the day that you have. It's really about balancing um, what I call now the BPR, but it's balancing is the work-life balance. How do you actually balance during that time frame for that particular journey in your life? Mm -hmm. Not your entire life, but for that little snippet. Yeah. That and, season. Yeah. That season of it. Yeah. And and it was really interesting to watch the movement. And then um, 
they had asked me like, well, you know, we want to move the entire division underneath you. And that's over 300 people. You know, are you ready for that? We see you are. And there was just this, this switch inside that it was a knowing of, mm. yep, I'm ready. I'm hundred percent ready for that next evolution of, you know, my leadership, because I had never uh, led that many people in an organization before on a constant daily basis. It's always been like tens, twenties, maybe thirty. Yeah, there aren't but- a lot of us that have had that many people that we lead on a daily basis. <laughs> uh-uh. You know, so after was- twenty-two years in yeah. the medical, administrative, and and um, an academic field, and I think at the most I had under me, you know, that I led, it was like sixteen. You know, and people look at that and go, "Wow!" And I'm like, "Yeah, really? <laughs> that's like, it's not a lot, but it felt like a lot." And trust me, if you don't have the skill set, <laughs> if you don't have the skill set, right? And you don't have mm-hmm. the confidence, it feels like 20,000 people and they all feel like cats, 100%. but <laughs> it's all meow, meow everywhere. So right? true. Um, <laughs> but to be able to look back on that and say, I actually felt like a switch flipped, yeah. right? For you to say the switch yeah. flipped and I thought, you know, okay, maybe I can really do this. Maybe I have what it takes. And that's very young to figure that out, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was very old soul at the time. I had experienced a lot more than the average person in their life. So it was, I was always ahead of my time too. Yeah. It was always about a decade ahead. Were those, were those good experiences or not that gave Um, you that experience? I wouldn't qualify them as being good or bad, but Uh they're definitely extreme, um, Mm -hmm. extreme trauma and, Mm -hmm. and the not, the average person has gone through, you know, the, the level, which is the interesting comment that you said of, okay, how did you get to that fear battle? Which is basically that little snippet right there is exactly, um, exactly the how. So if you want to dive into that, I'll let's dive in. So I I'm going to, I'm going to share here. I, when, when we connected, um, online to talk about being a guest here, I actually, you have on your, as your like example, it's a YouTube video um, of a documentary that I, I don't know the whole story, but I watched the, is it a five or six minute trailer or something? Yep. And it's, it's a five, yep. yeah, five minute trailer. And it's all about conquering your fears through doing things that just really evidently knocked your socks off. And there yeah. are things that I would consider to not want to do it myself. <laughs> No, no, good for you, girl. No, no. And um, so I was really interested to know how that came about. Um, But if you'll go ahead and tell us in your own words, how you got there and what that actually accomplished for you, because I think in my brain, it sounds like what you're telling me is that was a real pivot for you to then like start your own thing. Yeah. Go, you've got the mic. Yeah. So, and, and your, your comment, I mean, you literally spot on, um, when, you know, uh, after the drag racing where it was like, well, you kind of had, you had it there. So what, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a gap that happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so right after, uh, I got my license for drag racing and I was starting to get into that rhythm and that groove, I was, um, sent to a trouble team boarding school and, because my family at the time owned all of them um, nationally and some internationally, and they were the largest in the world. So it was a very easy way to um, place me somewhere. And okay. um, right after 
Well, I mean, I had friends who went to boarding school, but they weren't a troubled teen boarding school, but there were some that were sent to boarding school because Mm -hmm. of just either just some situation in the family or whatever. And we can go however deep you don't do do or don't want to go there, but your family owned a lot of these. They own them. Okay. They did. And, and it was a very similar experience that, um, uh, you know, Paris Hilton had, if you know her story. So it was just don't fully know. I'm sorry. it's like, it's a break you down model, build you back up very, you know, walking on eggshells. So I was actually the fastest to graduate. I was sent over to, um, I was in New York. I was sent over to, uh, Nevada to actually train the staff because I had gone through it so quickly. And so I trained all of the staff for this new facility. And, um, because I was right next to Las Vegas, I was like, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to date. I'm ready to, you know, um, kind of evolve my life. Right. I'm like, I, I have all of these beautiful skills, blah, blah, blah. So I started dating this guy and, and, um, you know, super gullible. I was eight, I was 17 at the time, almost mm-hmm. 18. And he was like, well, you know, just hang out with my friend. He's such a great guy. You know, I'm just really tired tonight. I'm like, okay, great. So I went out and, and, um, was next to his friend. He was like, oh yeah, you know, this modeling is fantastic. Like this is where, you know, you would be a perfect model. I'm like, oh my gosh, he like knows me. I, I've always wanted to model. How did he know that? You know, and speaking to every single point of everything that I wanted to do when I was younger, because I did model when I was younger and I was in pageants and all that. And, and it was a dream that I had had. And he was like, well, you know, come to this, you know, location, we'll do a full photo shoot and we'll start, we'll get you on the team. I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I go, I have this full photo shoot and he's like, well, there's, you know, initiation party, um, you know, come on over tonight. It's going to be great. Like really glad to have you on the team. I mean, I filled out the whole W2 information. I became, you know, um, like every single piece of my life. He understood now he knew everything, you know, driver's license, where my parents Mm -hmm. live, blah, blah, blah. Um, I go in and I'm the only one there. And I almost died that night and was completely, um, you know, raped, beat up, um, and try to clamor for the door and it did not work. And the, the words that, that, um, the, his last words to me were, I own you, you cannot say a word to anybody or I will kill your family in front of you. And threw a bottle of wine at me and said, you have 24 hours to move to this location. And that was it. It was, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm now, um, in sex trafficking. I have no idea what to do. I'm like, Mm. you can't call anybody. You can't talk to anybody. And so for a year I was in that. And there was a pivotal moment. I was sent to California and, um, there was a client that said, you're too beautiful. You're too smart. What are you doing? take the money and run. And so there was just this, this, again, the switch that was Mm. just went off inside me that I'm like, you know what? I am this powerful. I am in control of my own body. I am in control of my own life there. We didn't have, you know, the, the hotlines like we have today. We didn't have help. We didn't have, it was, if I was found out, then I would go into jail. I mean, that's just how it was. There wasn't help. And, and you so weren't necessarily that, seen as the victim. You would exactly. have been seen as a prostitute. Correct. Correct. And okay. I'm like, I'm like, you guys don't understand this industry and it has nothing to do with that. It's all, 
you know, it is the, the, the victim of it, but also like really understanding that how much power you have within yourself and what you can do and what you are capable of. And that switch just went off and I went to war with him. I left instantly. I took everything. He got to the hotel, called me up and, you know, all the threats. And I said, you know what? You made one mistake. You got me way too close. I know exactly how your organization works. I will bring you down and I will burn it down. Mm. I was like, do not touch me. Do not touch my family or I will burn your world to the ground. And from that point, it was, oh my gosh, you know, did this really happen? And I, I was so, um, sheltered and scared and, you know, I never wanted to be on social media. I didn't want my story out. You know, um, uh, my, my ex always brushed it on the rug. Never happened, never happened, never happened. And there was just this beautiful moment when I was all in this corporate, you know, the corporate world and so stressed, my body was breaking down. I mean, before the age of 30, I had 11 surgeries. That's how bad my body was storing everything. And mm. finally, I was just like, enough. How do I change this around? What What is deep, deep within me that's just blocking everything from expansion? Like, how do I level up? What do I do? And there wasn't any blueprint. There wasn't any like secret sauce. And I said, screw it. I'm going to do a fear battle and I'm going to get rid of all of these fears. I'm going to tackle every single fear all in one day. It took seven hours of filming and extreme stress. Seven hours. I Wait, didn't you did all of that in one day? All of that in one day. I thought it was like <laughs> over a couple of weeks. <laughs> nope. It was like, <laughs> I'm like, if I'm going to go and go big, I'm going to go big. And I'm going to do everything in one hour or one day. And it was so liberating and, and the, the weights lifted and, you know, all of the, the twisted up knotted feeling that, you know, you feel like you have these, these strings inside you that are all twisted and, and you're like, Oh, I can't, there's just something, you know, something missing or something holding me all of that released instantly. And I'm like, well, that's fascinating. So I came up with this mantra while I was in it. And I kept on saying, fear is excitement without breathing. Fear is excitement without breathing because the two feelings you get when you're um, afraid and when you're excited are so similar. Yes. The only difference with fear is we hold a breath. Lock up. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then the fight or flight kicks in and then it's a literal chalkboard that anybody can write anything in your subconscious at that current moment. So instead start breathing through that fear. And it's the same thing with being on stage. You know, that's mm -hmm. why. So, um, my last fear that I didn't really realize with that trailer is, um, being on stage as a bodybuilder because you're in this tiny little bikini. So yeah. I'm a bodybuilder. I got on stage and I rewrote all of that. It's your body isn't for, you know, isn't for sale. I am doing yeah. this because I'm sculpting me how I want to look. And I am excited to show, wow, this journey is the hardest journey I have done. Bodybuilding by far hardest thing I have done. It is That's such brutal. a mental. Oh yeah. And these are my, 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 uh, awards back there. I see them hanging. Behind. I was wondering who yeah. those were. Yeah. Well, the top ones are, um, uh, the top ones are telly and, uh, telly awards. 
where my husband and I have won, you know, tell you awards, but he's the, um, he's the Emmy award winner, but we've got, we got a few tellies together for our app. So it's been a Good. really fun process, but that, that's where that fear battle just really popped open. And, and over the past, I want to say um, year, that's what resurfaced again of, I'm like, there's something there's, there's the next level. What is that next level? Because I'm never satisfied with just even flow. I, 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 I'm like, all right, that's a cool summit. Let's go up there. Like that mm. looks like fun. And the next one was bodybuilding. I'm like, you know what? I've always wanted to do it. I've looked at those women say, wow, I can never have a body like that. Who, who said that? I'm like, who made up that rule? Well, like, and well I, because I, you know, my trauma, my surgeries, my this, my that. And so I've got, I've just was like, Hey, I'm going, I'm doing it. Well, and I will say to anybody who's not actually looking at the video here, you're not, you do not look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You are, <laughs> I don't know how tall you are, but you appear petite in this gamer chair. Um, uh-huh. But um, so that also goes to show too, that there's like a complete misunderstanding there of what muscle does yeah. to your body. Um, but before we go past all of that, you, you really shared some, some pretty intimate, deep things. Um, so I want to thank you for being, for telling us that story. Um, I think it is a story that if not in its entirety, um, more women will identify with it than we ever think. And, um, it's not something that I have experienced, but it is something that a lot of women have experienced that we don't realize. And if we don't talk about it, it -hmm. will not go away. If we don't, if we sweep it under the rug, we are complicit. So we will not do that. And we will celebrate the champions and the, the victors who come out. And um, so has that shaped any of what you do in your work? Um, Or is it just your own personal journey out? That's a really great question. Um, you know, surprisingly, it it hasn't much. Um, the only thing that I kind of harken back to is nothing's as hard as that. I mm. don't care what you say. Nothing is hard as that. So you know, even even you know, being in the gym and bodybuilding, I'm like, I have no idea the pain that you know over the call it 350 times, no idea what that pain is like. Mm-hmm. So, so the comparison model has helped me a lot of, Hey, this is, this is nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's yeah. bigger things that have happened. Relax, breathe. You've got this. And it, and I do the same thing in the gym. I do the mm-hmm. same thing. Um, you know, I did the same thing when I went through surgeries or having kids It was the same thing of, Oh, you've been through more and you know, you got this, it's, it's going to be easy and it's going to be over before you know it. Like it's, um, pain is imminent. Suffering is optional. And that's been another mantra that I've always used is just pain is imminent. Pain is going to happen. It's your choice that you suffer or not. No one else's, but your own. So that was something that I really kept on going with throughout everything that I've done is that, Hey, I, I can choose to suffer. Absolutely. Or I can choose to, Hey, it's pain instant. Okay. Time to on to the next. 
move on to the next. Well, and I hear in your story too, that um, not only did you come out of that, but you also, it, it is a little bit powerful to hear you say, I found all this power. I, the switch flipped, I realized it and you were able to use it in a specific way. Some people don't have that option. Um, some women don't have that option coming out of that kind of thing, but it also sounds to me like you have built the kind of life that you wanted. Um, so oh. that's a beautiful story as well. Um, you, you have mentioned your husband, you've mentioned children. So um, the, even just that is a testimony to life can actually go on. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and sometimes and- you can feel like the, like all of the load is on top of you and, and don't get me wrong. There's, there's been time frames and days that you, I, call them the rabbit holes. You can get stuck Mm -hmm. in the rabbit hole and you, it's this ultimate despair that you never think you can climb out of it. But the beautiful thing is you can, Mm -hmm. and it, everybody has that fire and that switch to be like enough, whatever drives you, whatever the passion is. Um, you know, sometimes it's helpful for me to get out of those modes of a bubble bath or climbing into the rocks or a hike or yeah. the gym or the sauna, something to get myself to just completely, you know, snap out of that or, or adrenaline. <laughs> adrenaline <laughs> always works great for me. You know, I'm like, well, and it's, that's also, <laughs> yeah. And, and those are also reminders of your own personal strength, right? I mean, those right. are, those are reminders of those kinds of things. Um, you've mentioned a couple of mantras that you have. I, I like to look for a personal leadership principle that women have. Um, do you, do you have one that is really kind of something that helps you step into newer and bigger places of service? Because it's not, yes, you're building a business and you know, it's, you've won awards and you're doing this, but it's also, you're serving entrepreneurs. So what is maybe a leadership principle that helps you step into those bigger and better places of service? That's really, really great question. Um, I would say the the passion behind it, uh, so to speak, is um, I really love seeing women succeed. I really do. I love, um, I love when they break out of their little bubble or, you know, their, their shell and they become the beautiful person that they've always been. It's just the layers and layers and layers and layers and layers that's dimming that down. Mm-hmm. And the hard part that I've seen is that, you know, they, everybody keeps on saying, well, you need to go find yourself. You need to go find your passion. You need to go find your light. I'm like, find it where is that under a freaking rock? I mean, <laughs> I've looked under rocks there and they're not there. I'm like, You're already that you're already all those things. It's the layers, um, that have been told to us along mm-hmm. your journey of, not good enough. You know, you can't do this. You know, you're a woman, get your feet wet. You know, uh, mm-hmm. typically women aren't in this, you know, industry. Um, you know, they're not mm-hmm. as strong as you just the layers and layers and layers and layers. Mm-hmm. As soon as you, you know, melt those away and start working and chipping through all of those it's Hey, you're exactly who you are supposed to be. It's bringing that to light and really owning it and, and being it of if you're quirky, awesome, you know, (laughs) (laughs) accentuate the quirkiness. If, you know, if you have a passion and you've been so afraid to do it, just jump in and do it. There's, I mean, time is not, you know, not on anybody's 
side. So it's wait until you're in your fifties or you can start when you're 30. And, you know, I will say there is, I know in my journey, it's really easy to say, gosh, why did I wait so long? But I also know that I had to learn every lesson, right? We joked before we started recording that some people need to learn things the hard way. And you and I both said, we're those people. And Uh to be able to say the timing is always right, um, Mm -hmm. you know, is, is good, but it's always good to start now, right? It's uh, now is always good. Oh. So I love that. Yeah. Um, I, I love that picture. It reminds me of the Michelangelo quote about just chipping away all the things. How did you, how did you know how to do the statue David? And he said, well, I just had to remove, he was already in there. I just had to remove what wasn't him, you know? And um, so that's true. the same. Yeah. And that's the same concept. And so I hear you kind of applying that to yourself too, by saying, yeah, there's a layer that needs to come off. There's a layer that needs to come off. And, um, and I think that's really, it's really, really helpful. So when you decided to go on this fear journey and pivot, I assume that's when you pivoted into full entrepreneurship. Oh yeah. Okay. It was, it was, it was so awesome because I, I, um, I had all of those layers, like we talked about, of I don't have a degree, I'm too young, I, you know, I'm, I'm a woman in this space. No college blah, 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 degree. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, just kept on layering it up and and a, a world famous doctor walked into my office and said, hey, I got your referral from someone else. Um, can you do a financial audit for me on my business? I'm like, okay. Yeah. And he left. I'm like, did that just happen? So this is because of your tech background. Uh, actually I started in accounting, um, too. Okay. So accounting is a really, really heavy background of mine. And so I did this financial audit for, um, the uh, surgeon's office and, uh, they had to get a, um, uh, a forensic accountant down and mm-hmm. forensic accountants are few and far between and very, very hard to find. I know one. And, oh, right. <laughs> they're unique. Uh-huh. Very, and they're, yes. And they're very unique individuals. Mm-hmm. So I created this blueprint for him and he walked in and he looked at everything. He said, okay, I just need to see the computer of these particular screenshots to, you know, you did the blueprint and you literally, you saved them at least 400 grand. And yeah. to the doctor was like, spot on. I didn't, I, I didn't find anything more. And so at that point I was like, oh my gosh, I did it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then all of a sudden, all of my clients just started expanding because I took business consulting from the accountant's point of view and okay. then my way out. Cause I'm like, everything is in that small little details. So you can always find the errors in accounting and then you mm-hmm. go outward. So that was actually where I first started it. And so- then go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it just excelled. It just kept on going where it was business after business after business. And then I, I bought a business, I sold a business. Then I started to become an investor and I started really moving into the tech space again and um, met my partner, which is actually my husband about three years ago. And we, it just, it was all of his background, all of my background just was perfect. It was just a perfect mesh. And that's where we both were like, oh my gosh, one of the fundamental problems of business is we're no longer having fun Mm -hmm. because how many people are in those corporate jobs that dread when their alarm goes off or they don't want to, you know, they don't want to fall asleep. So they stay up so late 
or they can't sleep because they're so stressed. Mm -hmm. And how do we, how do we say, Hey, it's okay. We have a map, a blueprint that will walk you through, you know, bringing fun back into your business in a gamified way. So that's been my whole entrepreneurial journey that in a a short dance time span. Well, and I'd like to know, do you, do you attribute any, um, special credit to support from any particular group of people or types of people as you went into that? Or was it just because I already wrote down like this world famous doctor came in and asked for help? Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of times, not all of us, like I didn't have that kind of a revelation or opportunity as I wanted to leave my corporate work. Um, But I did have support around me that helped me do that. Do you have any support that really kind of helped you do that? Not at all, actually. Okay. It, was, um, it was very much the opposite. So um, my previous marriage, it was, it was not supported at all. Um, okay. It was a huge no. And same with the society too. It was not okay for me to be a working mom, to not be home with my mm-hmm. kids to then become an entrepreneur in a good old boy's town, it was very, it was not okay at all. So I was Mm -hmm. going against um, society, religion, cultural, you name it, I was going Mm -hmm. against. So I was like, you know, um, that switch helped, but it took everything in me to not be like, okay, well, they're right. You know, I should just be at home. Mm -hmm. Um, It took all I had to say, you know what, this is my path and it feels right for me. And if it's not okay with you, that's totally okay. That's your journey. uh, However you want to view me, but how I choose to continue my journey is this way because it feels right for me and And it's my life. I I can identify with that. It's hard, right? It's really hard when, and I liken it to um, the tearing away of fabric right? It's like when you start tearing and like kind of ravels and um, for somebody who like me, who community is such a big deal for me that it, that feels very much like a a pull and a tear. And then there's a grief and a mourning, but at some point you have to say, all right, it's torn. I'm done. (laughs) And it doesn't mean the relationships are all gone. I mean, it could mean that some are, I mean, Mm -hmm. and for you, clearly some are, but, um, at the same time, it's an understanding and uh, an awakening up to say, I actually have good ideas. I actually can make sound judgments. I actually have an opinion that is okay to share. You, you joked about, we were joking earlier before we started recording. We had a long conversation. I think (laughs) we should have hit record at the beginning, Um, but you said, how did you get started in podcasting? And I thought, well, I just, somehow I just decided that this opinion or this, I, this talking and this sharing of my views that I had all all my life thought wasn't okay. All of a sudden I thought, you know what? I think it's going to be okay. And I am going to share my opinion and people listen. And it's like, Oh, look at that. People don't want to hear my opinion and (laughs) it's not for everybody and that's okay. And there's so much, I think, especially right now, division between Yeah. When you don't agree with me, then you can't be my friend. And I just, I don't want to live in perpetual middle school and I just, I just can't (laughs) do that. I mean, really? And that's kind of, that's what it feels like. So, um, to know that you were willing to just, cause if, 
there's room on this spectrum of becoming an entrepreneur for a woman yeah. who has tons of support all the way on to the other side of, to, to the woman who had no support and did it anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we need to see the uniqueness of each one of those journeys. We need to see that it's possible. We need yeah. to see that somebody else did it before me. And no matter where I fit on that spectrum, somebody else has already been there. Right. percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you have a, so if you're, if you're business, and I'm not really a leadership principal, but um, if you want to uplift women and um, and help entrepreneurs and walk your own path, which is itself a little hard, um, I, I understand. Um, do you have um, a, a normal daily habit or a ritual that really kind of keeps you focused on whatever that mission for for your life is? Do you have something like that? Mm. Uh, yes, actually every night, um, my husband and I meditate every okay. single night. It's a, um, and depending on what mood we're in, we don't know which path we're going on, but always, I mean, Spotify is our best friend. We, you know, we go to Spotify and we look up particular meditations or he'll write particular scripts and we'll meditate to those. And, um, that's a huge thing for me, but the very first thing that I do before, like when I wake up is um lemon water apple cider vinegar and you know first start out with your cleanse and right into cardio right into working out i do not start my day without working out because that's like the beginning of it it's taking that meditation that happened at night and saying okay applying it let's integrate it into today and i'm going to go through each part of this and and geez my trainer is brutal <laughs> i don't think I don't think there's a harder one. I have gone through so many trainers and she is phenomenal. Um, a former Miss, uh, Mrs. Olympia. I mean, you oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's the real deal. Cool. And being able to be, you know, um, in that space or have people around you that are supporting you. And then in the morning of, and even if you're saying it to yourself, you've got this, you know, um, you know, go through it. You don't give up, you know, keep going. And you have that kind of hype in the morning, whether it be a run or, you know, whatever that is of just mm -hmm. kind of moving your body. That's my every single day. That is my, um, you know, my daily routine. And then at night integrating it all, you know, what really transpired for today? What do I want to see for tomorrow? Um, you know, how could I create even better you know, with, were there any fears, were there any insecurities, were there any, um, you know, uh, was there any ego that showed up and really being honest with myself for that day and really looking at how I showed up during the day? What archetype did I stay in the most? Was I in king queen mode? Was I in bard? Was I in gesture? Was I, was I in the profane? Was I a dragon? Well, I mean, those happen. Those days happen. Like, <laughs> You know, those don't sound like good ones. <laughs> no, those aren't good days, but everybody breathes a little fire sometimes. Absolutely. You know? sometimes, sometimes it's purple and green, oh, you know, right? hundred percent. So it's really getting clear on, on how, how I showed up in that day. And then how do I want to show up the next day? So it sounds um, like, um, what I hear is you have some really good reflection oh, and, yeah. and some really good, um, just calming and stress relief. And, um, you know, it sounds like your meditation can be a little different each day, but yeah. then every morning you start off with energy. So like you're building your energy and then you're kind of packing it all in at night. That's what it sounds like you're bookending your day. Oh with. yeah. 
because yeah. then I, I sleep so well, I have not had a problem. So, um, before when I was in corporate and I had all this stress and all this fear, I would be the one staring at the, the ceiling. Clock. I'm like, Ooh. Oh gosh, I'm like, when <laughs> is it going to end? When are these eyes going to sh- shut? And there's so much anxiety going on. And, and now hit the pillow. I'm like, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm like sleeping like a baby. I'm like, it is fantastic. That's a great feeling. That's a great feeling. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So you work with entrepreneurs on a regular basis and you have been through a lot and you have left corporate and moved into your own space. We like to talk as in the intentional optimist sphere about green flags rather than red flags, right? It's real easy to say in our stories, we can see, oh, that was a red flag. Why didn't I stop? Um, But how about we look at if somebody wanted to kind of follow a little bit in your footsteps, maybe it's to leave corporate and to start an entrepreneurial career, however you want to um, describe it. What would be maybe some green flags that they would look at in their own life or in their own personality um, that would, if they saw those green flags, say, oh, you know what? Maybe I could do that thing. Yeah, I love that. You know, um, I would say it's, it's when you have that burning passion or that little inkling or that little feeling of maybe you saw something on TikTok or you saw something on Instagram where you're like, oh, I could do that. I really like that. At that moment, do not hesitate. That's when you start because that's where your, your passion has reignited. Yeah. So it's, all right, what, what, what steps are you going to take? Are you going to stay in that job and then just do things on the side until it starts to build up and work up until that feeling inside of following? I don't care what anybody says. Business is emotional. You just don't run business on emotions. And it's feeling that, you know. Oh, <laughs> Like through your curveball. This is not a two-hour podcast. Um, <laughs> so, so we may have to unpack that just. So, say that again. Business there, is emotional. Business is don't emotional. Run, we just don't run a business on emotions. Correct. Okay. Yes. That just flowed out too. I'm like, wow. That's, why, that's, we, that's like, why we record this stuff because. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but it is. Um, that gut feeling to me has been every single green flag that you're talking about, where, uh, if you're really listening to that, like really listening to yourself of when to jump, when to go, when to move, when to, you know, say no, when to say yes, all of those, those are your emotion. That is an emotional space and, you know, the, the women's intuition, you can call it whatever you want. Um, but if it was for simplicity, the women's intuition, um, that is extremely powerful in business of, wow, I really have that beautiful feeling to, you know, follow that particular path. Great. Don't hold back. Go do it. Cool. You know, I love that. And you even said, you said like capitalize on that fire. I I wrote capture the spark, right? It's like, we are survivor watchers. (laughs) So, you know, it's like when they do that, um, the Flint thing, and then it's, you see that one little spark take hold of the coconut husk and they blow on it. You can't just, it's not going to stay there forever if you don't actually do something with it. And I love that. Um, So I'm going to take that as some green flags and then a little advice of what to do with them. I think that's beautiful. That's really, really good. So as we wrap up here, um, where can people find you? What is the best place to find you? Um, Instagram, TikTok, 
um, Facebook, all the same handle. It's Silk FX Official. So my nickname and in business and in um, in the quest um, in our app, I go by uh, Silk. That is um, the name I go by. Um, my husband named it. He's like, everything that you do is as smooth as silk. I'm like, well, isn't that <laughs> Perfect. Like how it's supposed to be. Uh, like, I don't want to be rough. You know, <laughs> <laughs> sandpaper. Cool. So, so, so that's right. Yeah, and we'll, of course, so we'll put we'll put all of this in the show notes. But some people would just rather, like, as they're listening, just go, you know, and find you. So, um, yeah. Um, and is there anything that when they go find you, um, how do they like get into your game? business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how, yeah, how, so, that will all be in there. Like that's a, a place where they can oh, go. Yeah. Yeah. My, my um, URL is in every single, um, okay. uh, every single platform I have. And then um, you watch, you know, the journey of, you know, bodybuilding of self you know, the actual, my, my personal self-transformation mm-hmm. um, and then how I incorporate that with being a CEO and um, actually building this app and coding and, you know, and actually getting in the trenches with, you know, with our team. And so it's the whole, it's the whole journey. So our, and it's, yeah, it's um, fun. Yeah. Our beta, our beta app right now is just a linear, a linear LMS. Um, actually this is uh, posting, I think, in, uh, let's see, when should we be out with our gamified version? Um, yeah, it will be 2022. It'll be the beginning of 2022. Okay. So it'll be perfect timing. All perfect right. Perfect timing. But I'll give you that URL as well. Okay, great. Um, We'll make sure we include all of that in the show notes. And the one thing that we always close with is I ask every single one of my guests, you ready? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm so ready. How you framed it like that? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Get you shaking in your boots. Um, (laughs) What is the one thing that you can always be optimistic about, even if everybody else thinks you're crazy? Now, this doesn't have to be serious. Mm. This can be silly. I had one lady tell me she could pack any car for any vacation anywhere. Um, but you know, it's, I've had, I've had them on every end of the spectrum, but what is the one thing that you can be optimistic about even when everyone else thinks you're nuts? Uh, have you seen, um, you know, bodybuildings meal plan? Have you ever seen their meal plans? No. Okay. So when you do, I guarantee everybody, every person's like, no effing way. I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. It's, you know, it's five meals a, day, meals a day you're eating, you know, you're eating in good portion and it, it doesn't taste the best, but every oh. single time I'm like a hundred percent optimistic about it. I'm like, you know what? It's portioned. I am not wasting. You know, I don't hear that, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, kids in Africa are starving. I'm like, sure. nope, I'm eating all my meals, you know, I'm, I'm being efficient. I, I'm, hands down. Cause that's the number one thing I hear everybody complaining about, um, in the bodybuilding world, in the normal world of, I can do everything, but the meal plan. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> but, but how so for those of us who've never seen the meal plan, just give us an overview really quick of why it's hard. Is it really heavy in protein, really heavy in carbs? You said it's not yummy. Yeah. So think of so zero sugar. Okay. Um, the only carbs that you can have are clean carbs, which is um, sweet potato yep. or um, or uh, rice. Right. Sure. So those are clean carbs. And then um, egg whites 
and then you're very limited. You can't do sauces unless they're sugar-free, gluten-free, carb-free. And so you're very, very limited on your sauces. And then you're um, doing, you know, ground beef or steak, but you're not having all of the sugary, uh, like all of all the seasonings have sugar in them. All every single one. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how much flavor is in sugar and salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable. You really don't know what your food really tastes like until <laughs> you go on this kind of meal plan and you're like, oh, wow, that's what it's supposed to taste like. Or, you know, salad, salad with uh, ground turkey and mm. a table of tables, uh, a tablespoon of olive oil. That's it. Because olive oil doesn't have a lot of flavor. Oh, Nope. <laughs> I don't care who you are. You can tell me it has flavor. It does not have flavor. Oh yeah. And then, you know, the rice cakes, you have rice cakes, uh-huh. but it's the non-flavored rice cakes that taste like the cardboard. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. That's my every, but there's no, there's no cheating or, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like, Oh, I'm craving a Snickers or I'm craving that. Actually, that sounds really gross, but um, <laughs> to some of us, that sounds really good. I know. I'm like, oh yeah, I know how that, I know what that's going to do in an hour. Well, and the whole point, the whole point of a bodybuilder is to eliminate the fat and build the muscle. Right. So that makes that you're making your body burn all of that. So it sounds almost like a Atkins or a really high like keto or something, but it's more extreme. Yeah. More extreme. I would say, um, I've looked at the other, you know, meal plans Oh, bodybuilding by far the hardest, a hundred percent. Because you look at all that meal, you're like, there's no way I can yeah. put all of that in my body. And a gallon of water. I mean, you say how tiny I am. I'm drinking yeah. a gallon of water. I wish I had my jug because it's awesome. It's massive. <laughs> like, so yes, that's my optimism every day. And it is constant. I hear bitching about it all the time. Well, good for and you. Like, it's great. <laughs> I am impressed and I am thrilled. And I, your story, you know, Michelle was just so much bigger and, um, so, so inspiring. And, um, I know that there are many things in here that will inspire a lot of women that, um, maybe hadn't thought about who knows, maybe we'll get our next bodybuilder out of this podcast, but, um, you never know and never know. See you on stage. Yeah. We'll come find you. I don't know that it's going to be me, (laughs) but (laughs) That's not anything I've ever aspired to, but who knows? So thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure and I have so enjoyed getting to know you better. And I look forward to knowing you better in the future because as Bob Goff always says, he only interviews his friends. And at first I thought that was really, I thought that was really like, gosh, he has a lot of friends. And then I realized, wait, what he means is he only, he, he makes friends with all of his interviews. So welcome, my friend. I am glad to have you as a new friend and I look forward to knowing you better. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Wasn't this an interesting conversation? There was just so much here. Michelle's one of the most determined people I have ever met. I don't know that I had heard all of her story. As a matter of fact, I thought I had her story, but clearly there's always more to a woman's story than we know especially one who's willing to take fear head on. And I'm grateful that she was willing to share all of it, even the really hard parts. But no matter what the story looks like, though, leadership shows up in specific ways. And I want to look at how Michelle lives out the tenets of intentional optimism. Now, I do this because we all live unique and different lives. What we do is different. Intentional optimism is how we do what we do. 
It's the attitudes, the mindsets that we employ and embody to live out our own goals with dreams and excellence. So we always start with optimistic. And for this one, man, she really embodies the the idea of perspective. I mean, this is the most clear one that she lives. Look at her reframe of fear. It's excitement without breathing, right? And when you look at present, it's the same thing. It's that reframe of fear. She's willing to feel all the emotions. Nothing is as hard as what she's already been through is something she said. And when you hear her whole story, then you understand what she means by that. But remembering that nothing is as hard as what she's already been through means that she's willing to feel those feelings and move through them and just be with them in the moment. Now, when we talk about energetic... (laughs) I don't know that I've met anyone quite so industrious. She has a skill that she's learning constantly. She's always moving forward. And she knows when she's reached what she calls the cap of knowledge. Some of us would call this maybe the ceiling. She's not going to sit someplace and get complacent. She's going to keep moving. And boy, does that talk about, does that talk about energetic? And that really talks about being industrious. Now, courage, I think probably if I, had to sit down and say, if she embodied one, it would probably be this one. And for sure in the aspect of courage that I want to look at, it's resilience. She just gets back up and keeps going. And for somebody to go through what she's been through and to just get back up and keep moving, that's a little amazing. And it's very inspiring. And I know why she uses that story to help other women get up and move. Not every woman has been through what she's been through. Not every woman has experienced what she has. But at the same time, we all have things that have kind of really knocked us down or really knocked us for a loop. So to be able to say, okay, we can get up and we can move on, that is really helping us understand and see resilience and courage. Now, when we go to wisdom or wise, Michelle has seen a lot of the world. She's seen it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. She kind of understands the ways of it yet she still embraces life and growth. I think that's a really, really good skill. And it shows a lot of wisdom. She's willing to get up and just keep moving, right? It goes back to that resilience. But when we look at intentional and we talk about having a growth mindset, she is in a constant pursuit of it. I mean, constant. So for sure, she is intentional about just about everything she does. Now, she's unconventional in her leadership because her passion for helping other women succeed, she actually calls it breaking out of their shell. It's a reflection of her core values of empowering and equipping others, making her a great role model for any woman or man, for that matter, who wants to break out of her shell and see the beautiful woman she already is. She put it this way, you don't need to go find yourself. You're already there. You just need to uncover all the layers. And that's exactly what she does each day. Remember, unconventional leaders lead at every level in any area using their unique gifts. Now, do you find yourself ready to jump into that entrepreneurial space? Michelle gave us a few things to look for, what we might call green flags, and then some advice when you see them in yourself. And the main thing to look for is she said, pay attention to your burning passion. It's that that thing that you just can't let go. That's what I hear other people talk about. Something that keeps coming up no matter what. Um, As a matter of fact, I was thinking the other night as I laid down to go to sleep that I wanted, there was this thing that I wanted to work on with my community. And it's like, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. When you lay down to go to sleep, if it's something that you cannot let go of, what is it? That's your burning passion. We all have something 
so very few of us actually act upon it. She mentioned some digital world examples of seeing things that others are doing and thinking, oh, I could do that or I could do that better. But what about all of that experience that you have in your own life? What about your work experience, your parenting experience? What about all of those things that you can bring into a new venture? Don't discount your desire to help others or make things better or easier for people. Gosh, just look back at all my interviews over the last year and a half and you will see woman after woman after woman with that exact same story. She had a passion she couldn't let go. Once you identify it, she said, move, don't hesitate. Now, I loved her thing that I loved her comment. She said, business is always emotional, but you don't run your business on emotion. And I I also loved the fact that that wasn't something that she'd already thought about. That was something that just came out. She's now, now she's somebody who feels things in her gut and you may not be that kind of person. You may not be um, somebody who operates necessarily that way, but the principle is the same. When you're moved by an idea, move on the idea. And of course, good business principles are always good business principles. So don't misunderstand. But if you wait, you'll just be that much further down the road having not acted, right? What is the old adage? The best time to start was five years ago. The second best time to start is today. And then her third piece of advice was capture the spark. Many times we have something like that that comes up, a passion, something that looks good to us, and we completely lose the spark. Of course, I look at the, I immediately went to the survivor fire building um, exercise, but what happens with us is our brain gets in the way. It tells us all the things that we can't do. It tells us all the reasons why we can't do the thing. It tells us that that all the ways whatever we want to do could go wrong. It tells us all the ways we're not qualified or that someone else is more qualified. But if you're willing to capture that spark, if you're willing to fan it into flame and to blow on it and to feed it, you can really build that fire into something that could make a big difference. Again, y'all, this was such an interesting conversation. I don't think I've ever talked to anyone who's a bodybuilder, and I've never talked to them about how you do it, but I've also never talked to anyone who was a drag racer or who was, quite frankly, a COO at 22 or got their private pilot's license other than like my dad. And I'd love to know what you thought of the conversation. Snap a screenshot and tag me and let me know, but I'd also love to know what it may have brought up for you. Do you have a passion you need to pursue? Perhaps your brain's trying to talk you out of it. If so, reach out. This is what I do. DM me and let's talk about that passion and look at what your options might be. Now, to learn more about Michelle and the Ultimate Business Quest app, we've included all the sites and links for you in the show notes. Hey, thanks for spending your precious time with us today. If you love this podcast and find it to be uplifting and helpful, follow us or subscribe. Then please take a moment and leave a review and one of those amazing five-star ratings. You can also snap a screenshot right where you listen, share it to social media and tag me. This helps others find us and will have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me, or to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, schedule a free discovery session and we'll chat. But maybe you're an entrepreneur looking for a support team. I'd like to personally invite you into my collaborative community, Launch from the Beach. It could be just what you're looking for. 
All of my contact information and all the links are included in the show notes. And don't forget, you can always connect with other intentional optimists in our Facebook community. You can follow my Facebook or Instagram page, or even connect with me on LinkedIn. Additionally, I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter, Optimistic Living. It's good stuff delivered straight to your inbox on a not so strict schedule, but always from the heart. Remember, unconventional leaders lead at every level, in any area, using their unique gifts. And you, my friend, are a leader. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations. Until next time.